Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. live at the lounge and um you know we are uh having this series of conversations and i'm just every time i'm trying to raise the bar and that's something i'm trying to do every time we have a conversation we've had some really good ones and uh i think tonight's guest will uh uh be as fun as i think as our previous guest uh in terms of just really trying to explore um some of the issues that we we're facing today but also to really understand kind of the journeys uh that uh folks that I know have uh, made in particularly in this world of sports. Um, you know, I'm using this time to really kind of uplift and showcase um, really positive individuals who have been making their mark. Um, some of you may know them, some of you may not, but you're going to find them and meet them uh, through this platform um, and, and, and part of this conversation to learn more about them and learn more about what they've been doing with their career and, and also how they're navigating, you know, some of the challenges of, uh, uh, that we face today. Um, and so today, uh, tonight, I've been fortunate to have one of my guys, uh, one of my, one of my uh, really uh, what I, I consider a, a, a young man that I, every time I interact with him, I learn something uh, from him and uh, are inspired by him. So we have uh, Lamar Sue Campbell, uh, Director of Player Engagement for the Bears here with us tonight. How you doing, brother? I'm great, man. I'm great. You're one, number one, you're, you're too kind. Um, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that you're a mentor of mine, uh, during my academic career, I was constantly, you know, being able to be with you and learning what I learned and the red doors of Bascom Hill, man. I mean, I owe a lot to you guys out there in Madison and what you've installed in me to be where I am here today. So don't be, don't be humble, man. You helped me out a lot to where I am right now to get here today. Hey man, I've been, it's been uh, incredible to watch your, your journey and, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've always tried to do when I uh, host uh, a show at the lounge with the guests is, you know, and it's part of our, our cultural history is to understand people's origin story. Um, and it, I think it's important to, to understand how people got to where they are. And so I, I would like you to just talk a little bit about like your journey to your current position, because mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not an easy path. Um, right. And you know it, mm-hmm. I've been, have, have had those conversations at every turn that, it's, it hasn't been an easy road, but kind of share, folks, uh, a little about your journey, the origin, where it started, and how you got to this position that you're sitting in right now. Oh, man, that's uh, – I'm going to try to give you the abridged version because uh, – <laughs> That's okay. We, 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 it's been a lot of – That's why I like this platform. I can, let, I can let it marinate. It's been a lot of turns. Um, a lot of the, the, the career started in Chester, Pennsylvania, mm. uh, a stone's throw from Philadelphia, you can walk to Philadelphia from my town. So right on the edge of Philadelphia. Um, Ironically, I have three players here in the Bears building that are from Chester. Uh, Ronnell Williams, one of our coaches and one of our players, Bilal Nichols. So it's funny being a guy growing up in that impoverished and and violent neighborhood to see two guys that I knew as young men 
mm-hmm. uh, to now be colleagues here at the Chicago Bears. And we, and, and we talk about that all the time. Um, what Chester is a very violent, very drug ridden, very, uh, unfortunately, uh, decrepit city, you know, and we're, and we're fighting to get it back. We're fighting to make sure we put it back on the map and to have three of us from such a town to be in one organization is really, really a big deal to us. We take a lot of pride in that. Um, didn't play football until my, really my senior year of high school. Um, and I'll be honest, I got into a little trouble uh, the summer before my senior year. I was training schools and I had an opportunity, you know, I was, you know, I could have did, uh, I could have went away to camp, the boot camp. And the judge gave me a second chance and decided I needed to uh, focus my career and, and, and focus my mind on doing something positive. Uh, first time I stepped on a football field, uh, you know, you play around the way football. When you're from that area, the basketball is the first thing that they put in your hand, right? That Philadelphia right. area, right? So um, but then you look at them, um, like just to say, give Chester another shout out, Jameer Nelson, Rondé Jefferson, mm-hmm. um, all those guys are from Chester PA, that, that small town are doing great things in their professional leagues. And, I went to my new school. I didn't know anyone. I went out for football to get rid of some of this aggression that I had. Uh, they threw me a pass. Uh, I got my head knocked off. So I went back to the huddle and I told the quarterback to throw the same play. He was like, no, I'm like, no, throw the same play. And I went like 90 yards for a touchdown. And I came to the sideline and coach said, you know, can you do that all the time? I said, coach, look, man, if you tell my mom I'm doing a good job, I'll score as many touchdowns as you want. You know, just let her know I'm going solid. I don't want her on my behind, right? Yes. And we just happened to be playing one of the top linemen in the country that year. Uh, every school was there to see him. Um, and I had a monster game. And then after that Friday night lights, uh, my phone started ringing. And that's for the first time I really realized in a long time I could actually see more than just Chester, Pennsylvania. Um, I chose the University of Wisconsin. Uh, because of Barry Alvarez and Barry Alvarez was the only I grew up in the projects and the school that I was transferred to was in a new school district I mean principles of war for excellence you know I was coming from a school where we didn't even have textbooks you know now I'm going to a school where one of the top schools in the state and no other coach uh, all the other coaches would want to meet me at the school right Barry Alvarez was the only coach that came to the project there. <laughs> I mean, Barry pulled up. It was, I mean, Barry pulled up in his Cadillac. It was him, Brad Childress, who I had a chance to work with again here. Uh, I currently work with his son here, Kyle Childress, um, and Bill Callahan, guys who would be head coaches in the NFL. And they pulled up on the corner, and it was all the drug dealers on the corner. And he said, Yeah, I'm here for suit. They're like, What school you with? <laughs> They're like, I'm with Wisconsin. They're like, Yeah, suit live right there. <laughs> we walked you up there. So. Barry walked up with the hustle neighborhood, up. man, and I was hooked. Like, I respected, you know, growing up how we grew up, you know, you respect real. And yeah. Barry came to the hood, man. He sat on my couch. That was the OG couch. Grandma still had the plastic on it. So mm. uh, he offered me a scholarship. And when I visited, I shut down all my other visits because he had already won me over by even coming to where I was. And, wow. you know, obviously, you know, undergrad had a chance to play as a freshman, um, left Wisconsin in 1998 with a uh, free agent opportunity with the Detroit Lions, uh, made the team as a free agent, uh, became a starter by my third year, uh, got seven years in with them as a, a player for the Detroit Lions. And the day that they cut me, uh, so the cut story, they, I, I got cut on my birthday. So, you know, cut wow. time. So cut time is over at 4 p.m., right? Wow. It was like 3.55. 
and a phone call comes through, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, soup, you know, we need your playbook or whatever. So I came over with the playbook, whatnot. And the minute I walked in, I had knew I always wanted to be a scout. I wanted to be in the front office. So I walked in and they said, you know, soup, we tried to trade you. I said, listen, are y'all hiring? And like, you know, I, I want to be a scout. I want to come back. And they started laughing. Um, but that year went by and they told me if I didn't get picked up, they would give me a chance. So a year went by and that December, they gave me a chance to come back to Detroit. And that was my brief stint as a uh, scout. Uh, it was all eye-opening to me. Um, and it was funny. I was in one meeting and I was like, did y'all talk about me like that when I was playing? Uh, like, yeah, we talked about you like that. <laughs> so it was really eye-opening experience for me. Um, but then life happens, right? Um, I had a son on the way, thought I had a son on the way. And it was important for me as somebody that grew up without a father in a household that ultimately being a dad was going to be the most important job that I would ever have. Right. So it was important for me to be there. And I took two steps back. I, um, when I got my real estate license, I started doing uh, real estate in Atlanta. That's where my son was. That's where his mom was and started raising a kid there. Um, then I had the opportunity to, um, go on CNN and the way I, and I talk to these guys about giving back all the time. I was at a charity car wash and this was at the time when uh, the, the NFL was on strike and guys were taking out predatory loans. Right. And you no, know, they were taking out loans with 20% interest on the back of them. Wow. I got into a conversation with another gentleman at this charity car wash. He just happened to be a producer for CNN. And he asked me what I mind coming on air and talk about. And I had never been on air before. I had took advantage of, you know, the NFL broadcast boot camps and things like that. But it was my, but of course I said, yeah, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. And so I got on air. So I had a brief stint there. I had a chance to do a couple op-eds um, on transition. And ironically, uh, one of my first op-eds was uh, athletes being political. Um, ironically, right? Like I was wow. like, want to take off. So ironically, that was one of my first op-ed articles was um, about athletes and LeBron James and those guys starting to use their voice in the political space in the backdrop of, you know, Michael Jordan, Republican buy shoes too. Yeah, and yeah. Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model. Like there, there was a new age of athlete that was approaching uh, the professional stage. And, you know, for that to happen was a big eye opener for me. And as I continue to want to do better for my son and myself, you know, I finally took advantage of a program that would let me um, come back to University of Wisconsin, uh, the NFLPA trust program. So I came back to Madison. I was traveling back and forth. This is 20. So I'm a 39 year old, yep. 38 year old back in school. You know, you remember these days. Yeah, I was I that. Yeah. So um, 38 years old, learning computer, learning math on a computer. I'm like, right. what's going on right here? Like, I haven't done algebra in 18, you know, 20 years, right? So the funny thing is, um, I didn't finish my degree, right? So I pretty much went back to school to finish my first semester of college. Because that was my worst semester. My The, the transition was tough. Uh, coming from Chester, Pennsylvania. And, you know, now I'm in a predominantly white institution. I'm far away from home. Um, I was a student athlete. You know, it was a lot for me to juggle. And I think my GPA, my first, my first semester was maybe one eight, one nine. I was on academic probation. Um, and that's really when I came back to school at 38 years old, I was coming back to pretty much finish that first semester that I had blown. Wow. Um, and after that, you know, I talked to Barry Alvarez more and he said, you know, Sue, we have a position for you. It's an internship position, but 
you know, I was a free agent rookie. Um, I was an NFL player that, you know, had to start at the bottom on the scouting ranks. I was a realtor, you know what I mean, investor of properties that had to start at the bottom. So starting from the bottom was nothing for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm from Chester, right? That's so the right. bottom always started. So that was no issue for me. I was a 38-year-old intern, um, decided to work on my master's, and within that year and a half of finishing uh, my master's program, I had a, a risen to assistant athletic director in those years and a half. So it was not only the academic experience from Madison that, that really helped me out, but the real world experience that I had experienced as well. Cause you know, making that transition from a ball player to humble yourself, continue to humble yourself, continue to humble yourself. Um, and then from that position, I had an opportunity to interview with the Chicago bears. Um, and now I'm going into my fourth season with the Chicago Bears, very happy to be here. I work with a great staff. I have a great uh, ownership. I have a great GM, a great head coach, and a great support staff that I work with that um, has really been beneficial for me and my growth uh, in my career as well. So that's somewhat my story, and that's where I'm at. And, and I think it's important. The reason why I do that, and people say, well, why don't you do that in the interview? Because I think one of the most powerful things is to be able to take control and tell your story. Yeah. And I know in the work that you do, uh, you did at Wisconsin, I know you continue to do, is help students, uh, student athletes at the time at Wisconsin, and now these professional athletes, really take control of their story. And yeah. Are, and understand um, the resiliency they've already displayed by getting to this point, and things that are not even associated with football, that allow right. them to be what they can be and can push them forward. And I think one of the things you missed in your story that I got to tell is that when Soup found out he was going to be at the Bears, we were at this event called the Buckingham Awards. It's the end of the year. Oh, that's right. <laughs> end of the year academic awards, where it's the most amazing demonstration. I always used to be in the athletic department, like, you need to have the chancellor and the provost in at this space because it really exemplifies what some of these student athletes are doing and things that they're engaged in. But part of the awards is that they do an award that athletes vote on, uh, student athletes vote on, who they think is really the most impactful uh, administrator in athletics and right. I'm sitting right next to you and <laughs> the name and the look on your face and this was when you just had announced you were leaving and mm -hmm. and it was an emotional moment for you because was. um you had I had truly watched you grind and develop yourself professionally and really invest like you leaned in and that was a important moment of recognition this is across multiple sports it's not just football this is across a whole you know, you're talking about gymnastics. You're talking about, you know, to, it's clear that you had an impact on athletes from, uh, what was that moment like for you? You know, it's uh, funny. You know, one of my other mentors there at Madison, Doug T, who you're very tight with, um, I was getting ready. So I was scheduled to leave right after the Buckinghams. Yeah. Right. My car was packed. I was going to go to the awards banquet and I was going to get on the road and head down and drive down to Lake Forest. And um, I was going to leave a couple of days earlier. And Doug kept saying, you can't leave yet. Like, I still need you for some things. And I'm like, Doug, listen, I want to go get settled. I want to go find my place down there. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm at my best self, you know, when I, when I walk in the building and start my best day. So I wanted to have everything. Like, I'm one of those guys that I don't, if my flight's at seven, I don't go to the airport at six. I go to the airport at like five o'clock. I like to cruise through security. I like to, this was pre-TSA, before I had my TSA pre-check. I like to cruise through and take my time before I start and, you know, Doug kept saying, you know, you can't leave, you can't leave. So obviously he knew I was going to get uh, that award. And then um, I think it meant so much to me because the student athletes voted. 
for that That's award. Um, I had 900 student athletes. Um, I had built relationships, like you said, across all sports. Obviously, I was a football player, but I had great relationships in men's and women's basketball, softball, uh, uh, volleyball. I had a really tight relationship with the with the rowing team, yeah. you know. And I, and I remember when I was originally asked what sport I wanted to work with, I said I wanted to work with a sport that I had never worked with before. Now I can do basketball and uh, football with my hands behind my back, right? I played basketball coming up. I played football, but being able to work with a demographic that I wasn't familiar with, I knew what helped me down the line. You know, I didn't know what rowing was other than they did it on the Schuylkill River, River back in Philadelphia. But the relationships I built with those student athletes, white, black, um, LBGTQ, like all the things that I learned from them. And I was just telling somebody today that I hope that the young men and women that I work with learn from me as much as I learn from them every day. So it was very, very emotional for me to to get that award. And then here I am getting ready to get on the road right after the awards bank when they head down to uh, – to uh, Chicago, uh, but what most people may not know is that when I got the first day I got to the office in Chicago, the first thing I put on my desk was that award. Mm. I still have it on my desk today. Um, I always look back at it as a reminder of what it means to touch the hearts and minds of young men and young women. Um, and I'll always be grateful for the university for that. I'll always be grateful to my student athletes for that. And my student athletes come to my games. I still keep in contact with all of them. I watch them go pro. I watch them, and I, and I still mentor them along with my Chicago Bears as well. So those are lifelong friendships and relationships that I will always cherish with my student athletes. And, you know, it'll always be on Wisconsin. And they, they made me who I was to get that award, and I appreciate them for that. So you're, you're the director of player engagement, and, you know, that's, that's an area that's evolved over time. And so for people who might not be familiar with it, What's your role in the organization? What do you do with players in, in your role? Um, you know, my role is sort of a conduit in a sense. Um, I work closely with, you know, football ops, the football staff, that's the scouts, the coaches. Um, but I always also work closely with community relations, with PR, with, with, with Mark. Pretty much you're a jack of all trades somewhat in the building because you work with every department because ultimately everything we do affects the game. And probably the, the most important people out of the building, you know, are the players yeah. and making sure that they are taken care of in a sense that when people here taken care of, it's not taking care of what they need you to do. Like you're not getting tickets and you're not doing those things, but you're teaching them how to be men in this game. Um, you're teaching them how to be a professional athlete. Like I tell people all the time, I had a chance to play seven years in the NFL, but I was only a pro for four years. Mm. Those first three years, I wasn't a pro. I didn't take care of my body. I didn't take care of my responsibilities. I was running the street. I was doing a lot of crazy things. And I had a veteran come in and teach me how to be a pro. Um, and I think that's what I do. That's how I look at my roles. I teach these guys how to be a pro. Um, I talk to the head coach. Um, I talk to the GM. You know, I have a line to them. I talk to the PR department. So we all, one thing we have, we have an amazing staff. I, I, I will say that the staff works in a very cohesive group. Uh, we're tight. We communicate extremely well. And it's just like being a part of a team, right? And I think I love the team that I'm a part of now. Um, and being a director of player engagement just really helps me uh, sharpen my skill sets in so many other areas because I have such great people that I work with. Yeah, one of the things I, I've learned that is really important role, and there's a lot of research that have come out, um, particularly in, in areas around equity and inclusion, is the importance of the person who's the connector. And I always... Uh, have viewed you as that person who's a connector, the, the one who can 
who gets the right people in the right room for the right time and right moment to move uh, an agenda. And that's a hard role to be in uh, because mm -hmm. you have to um, make, you have to be a student of the game, really. Like you literally have to be interested in understanding what is important to, to PR people to understand how to connect with this issue. What, is, what are the pressing issues for a GM? What are the pressing issues for a head coach? Like you, and then where is the, the opportunity for synergy as it relates to players? How did you develop that capacity to be able to do that type of thinking? Because I think you're really good at that. You know, I don't. I, I think I've always been somewhat of an ambivert. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm introverted when I'm in a house, but I'm, when I'm around something I love, I'm extremely extroverted, right? And I've always looked at myself um, as someone that can connect people. I've always liked to throw people favors. I've always liked to connect you with someone. Like if I know that you have a dream that you want or something you're trying to accomplish, and I know a person that can help you, I've always enjoyed uh, connecting those people and watching them throw and watching them flourish. You know, I think that's something I've always liked. Um, I've always looked at, you know, you have to be honest with, with your skill set. I've always think I've been a good forecaster in a sense that, you know, I've always, I'm, I'm, I'm a chess player. So yep. I always like to think three or four steps ahead. You know, I like to keep up with trends and what may be coming our way. That way I can have a preemptive strike or be able to communicate with people in the building on, on what may be coming down the pipeline. Um, I wish I could say I know how, I knew how I came to be that way, but I will say, you know, I've had a, a lot of great mentors, including yourself around along the way. And, you know, I look at my time at academia, right? I look at my time in, in Madison and I've always been a reader, but the books I've read and the conversations I've had and the understanding of history and how that affects the world, the understanding of how people work. So, you know, when you're in Madison, when you're in a highly intellectual place like that, you know, you go have lunch with somebody who's a sociology major, or you go have lunch with somebody who's a sports psychology major, and you're just constantly being a sponge, picking up knowledge and picking up different viewpoints and understanding how people work. And I look at myself as somebody that really uh, tries to manage the ecosystem of the building, uh, making sure people connect, making sure my players understand uh, what's expected of them. Um, I don't pull too many punches uh, with, with them. They know I'm a pretty honest guy, but you know, the ecosystem of, of, of a team is vital. Yeah. Um, and everybody plays their role. And my role is to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, and obviously, I don't do that by myself. We have, like I said, I, we have an amazing team there, but I take my role extremely seriously. Um, it's all those things that aren't quantifiable by numbers um, that we have to master. And that's something that I take very seriously. Well, one of the really important things you do um, and, 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 we've kind of been, it's kind of disrupted when you think about what's happening with COVID-19, right. precedent times, is, and it's been interesting that, you know, NFL has kind of kept beat. So they had the draft. They had, you know, they kind of kept along with their calendar um, right. in different respects. But it, the calendar wasn't the same for you. So normally you're, you're trying to get rookies on board. You have mini camp, you know, you right. have time here where you're able to work with them and try to get them up and time with them. Um, and I think as you talked about before in your previous work, um, you know, in Atlanta, you also are, you're, are dealing with a different kind of athlete coming in, even from your days at Wisconsin uh, with some of the young men at Wisconsin who, you know, the way they thought about the world um, was beyond the game as well as their commitment to the game. And so right. you're, you're trying to nurture those folks through that arc in this unprecedented time. What are some things you've been doing um, given that you've had to probably do some things virtually you know, folks are trying to figure out how to move from where they are to, to get right. educated. You know, you know, you have people trying to, you know, Chicago's not an easy city. 
trying to figure out to try mm-hmm. to communicate to. Um, you don't know what timelines are going to be like for whether we're going to have a season. What has that been like for you, and how have you kind of negotiated that with the rookies you have coming in? You know, I think uh, when, when, when COVID hit and everyone had to adapt to the Zoom space, when you had to meet by Zoom, I think it meant a lot of the players where they are, right? Mm-hmm. They live on their phones. They're on their phones all the time. They're very technology savvy. Mm-hmm. So I think the transition from going from meetings in person to meetings in Zoom um, was pretty easy. It was pretty seamless. Guys have been very, very good with it. Um, I was never a FaceTimer before Zoom. I wasn't that kind of guy. If you wanted to FaceTime with me, you had to make an appointment. Like, you just don't FaceTime me out of nowhere. Are you crazy? <laughs> I may be sleeping. I always delete it for a reason because I'm like, it's, it's not appropriate. Call me. Yeah, for me, like, for them, it's their normal, right? But yeah, for me, it's right. like, listen, you, 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 it's my personal space here. You got to make an appointment to FaceTime me. But you know, you mentioned in my uh, player engagement role, you know, I have to onboard these guys. And it's, yeah. um, you know, talking to guys about finishing their degrees. You know, it's talking to guys about, you know, making sure that they meet the PR team, making sure that they meet the training staff, making sure they meet the strength coach, making sure that they meet, you know, all the important people in the building that are going to help them be successful, the nutrition staff, um, the scouting department, you know, hey, making sure that they know everyone. Um, we do a lot of things about, you know, drug testing, you know, making sure that, you know, your body is your temple when you're in the NFL and to stay away from drugs and, you know, make sure you're taking care of your body and things of that nature, educating them on the area. You know, where do you want to live? How do you want to live? How do you budget your money? This is what I learned as a pro athlete. This is what you should think about, you know, and kind of helping them come to the decision on their own, but giving them the necessary information and facts to make sure that they're making the right decisions for yourself. Cause I tell these guys, Every decision they make is a business decision when you're an NFL player. If you're staying out till 2 o'clock at night, that's a business decision. If you you decide to drink and drive, that's a business decision. If you decide to invest your money, that's a business decision. Like every decision you make in this this game is a business decision because ultimately it affects how you perform. Mm -hmm. So trying to educate those guys um, in that way. And I think Zoom, honestly, uh, we've got, we've had a lot of great conversations. Our guys are, you said our guys are used to it. Um, I think it met their generation. Uh, they're so used to being on FaceTime and doing other things that they've transitioned extremely well to Zoom. Um, and it's been intimate, right? Believe yeah. it or not, like we have intimate conversations. It's like I'll get on a player with Zoom, like I'm on with you right now, one-on-one, yeah. we'll, we'll FaceTime, or we'll, we'll text message. And you know, without the world happening face to face, you have to focus on each other, right? That's you right. have to look each other in the eye. And those, I think, we've had some really meaningful and uh, deep conversations with my rookies. And I'm, you know, they've done a great job so far. Um, and I'm looking forward to working with them as it continues. So, one of the things that um, I think is important, and I, you and I talked about this off board, and we've seen, you know, um, you know, Chicago Bears and some of the players over recent years have been very involved in the community. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I think part of this is back to the question about you, you know, understand that this is a new person, new athlete, you know, the things that we're dealing with recent issues, you, know, you mentioned, you know, being a, a parent, um, growing up in the environment you grow up in, you know, you work with a lot of young men who this is their reality, um, but right. they trying to figure out how to invest their time to make change. How are you? How have you been doing it? And maybe even talk a little bit about some of the work that, even part of what we've seen recently, what the Bears have been really trying to do in Chicago, which has been an epicenter for a lot of different things. And I know the Bears players and organizations are trying to be involved. 
Right, right. You know, the Bears have a, have a really deep history of giving back to the city. Um, they were the first NFL team to, to sign a black player. Um, everyone's heard of Brian Song. Um, and so with Gail Sayers. So, so, so those are some of the things that uh, Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers story. That's Brian's song for our listeners who uh, may not know what that is. I think that's a great movie that you should watch, especially in a time that we're in right now. Um, and I think what we've done, we, we were the first team to have a social justice committee. The last yeah. couple of years, we were the first team to really uh, maximize the donation, I think, together, along with the organization of players and organization raised almost $1 million um, and social justice funds and social impact funds. So it's something I take a lot of pride in. I know the players take a lot of pride in it, and I know the organization takes a lot of pride in it. So I look back to my story about getting on CNN, right? Yeah. And, and, and it came from a community service organization. I went to go wash some cars to make some money for my son's school so he can get some uniforms. And it opened up a lot of doors for me, right? And so I look at how these giving back opportunities uh, can not only help these guys, but the, the things that they're passionate about. You know, some of these guys come from single parent homes. You know, some of these guys are, are uh, interested in prison re reform because their father, somebody in their family, drug reform, you know, fair housing. Uh, health, mind, and body. I mean, you look at some of the great ones, you know, uh, Peanut Tillman, for instance, doing great things here in Chicago. Matt Forte, still doing great things in the city of Chicago. Um, Israel Adonijay, doing great things in the city of Chicago. So Chicago's a city that takes care of their own. And I tell these guys that, you know, if you give back to the city of Chicago, the city of Chicago will give back to you. So invest yourself in the community because we all was that one kid. Like I say, we're all a kid from somewhere. Yeah. All a kid, you're you, just a kid from Chicago, just a kid from Chester, just a kid from Madison, you know, just a kid. We, we've, we've all been just a kid from somewhere and you never know where that inspiration is going to come from. And you never know that inspiration that you give, how it's going to help that young man or that young lady excel in their life. And in 30 years, maybe someone that you talked to and I spoke to will be on an interview just like this, talking about something you said or I said, help them out. And I think that's powerful. You know, um, you know, we just we just did a, a, a podcast uh, titled, uh, you know, a dialogue between brothers. Um, just kind of really kind of just unpacking just how we're feeling right now. Um, and I, you are very emotional and, you know, um, and very invested. Um, uh, you know, the death of George Floyd has been impactful because I think we all can see our, ourselves in that moment. But just kind of how are you feeling? You know, just in, in more in general, just. And that's, that's been my question for brothers. Less about the political. <laughs> how are you feeling? You know, because we don't give ourselves enough opportunity to just say how we feel, right? And that was what I'm, I've been dedicated to asking that question because we don't often get that asked about us. Uh, we always right. talk about the machismo. And particularly when you athletes, right? You just run through anything. Or former, it's like that's always part of who you are and your personality. And know, you know, what we're seeing now is we see people like Steven Jackson, who is strong as anybody we ever know, bring them mm -hmm. down to tears we see you know all these folks who have this great inner strength being broken so my whole thing is just how you feeling i feel good um but pushing through is my toxic trait yeah that's right <laughs> if, I have, if i have a toxic trait yeah. it's believing i can handle anything that's thrown at me yeah um and obviously over the last couple of weeks obviously we, i've had a lot thrown at me mm -hmm. uh, obviously counseling a lot of my guys, you know, as black men themselves of what we've seen the last couple of weeks of what we've experienced. And, you know, it's something somewhat cathartic a little bit to know that what we've been feeling is now um, front and center. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that we've dealt with 
is is is, is front and center. Um, and I think I, I probably should be getting some rest, but I but I but I'm not. <laughs> I know um, you're not because I'm passionate about what I do, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. Um, it's hard for me to sleep. I keep my notepad by my bed because I'm in the middle of the night. I wake up with an idea. I'm laying down. I have an idea, and you know I know that us as um, black men in America, you know, I, I pride myself on being at being my best self at all times. Uh, whether it's a father, whether it's, you know, director of player engagement for the Bears, a representative of the community or the organization, like, that's my toxic trait. But me owning it, I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, but this is no time for me to slow down. Um, my players um, are my main priority, along with my son and my family. And I make sure that um, their mindset is right because this game is so mental, mm -hmm. right? And in a city like Chicago, and our guys are spread out all around the country right now. So COVID um, is ravaging minority communities. Yeah. So a lot of my players now may financially be having to support their family. They may have lost family. I've lost family. Um, and we're, so it's a lot of weight on us right now, right? But I put on my weight belt. I strap up my, my lifting shoes and, and, I, and I continue to lift. And, and, and I know it's a toxic trait. And I know I keep saying that. And I think I've learned that. I've seen it a lot because I've learned it over the last couple of weeks. But I love what I do. Um, I'm always going to move forward with passion. I always talk to my players about logic versus emotion. Um, and you have to empathize with emotion, even your own at times. But you have to logically move forward in, in the world that I am. And you have to be a sound decision maker. And you have to make decisions. You can't get caught flat, but you can't get caught up on what do we do. You have to have a, a solid decision made. And, you know, I have these, I have these conversations with my uh, support staff here, and we help each other um, in different areas, and we do what we think is best for the organization. So, you know, having that team around you that can look at things from different perspectives and you can talk about it and talk it through and make sure that we're doing the right thing for the organization and the players. So, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? And it's I'll, I'll, I'll have a vacation one day, right? So today just not today. <laughs> well, just I think you, I think you hit on something that's really important. I know Obama talked about it yesterday a little bit because you know so much of these changes are local, are and I always say that you know part of power is like if we all play our position and control our block, you know right. where the change is going to happen. You know we can't always look for federal federal level answers, but there's things that we can do in our day to day lives. To make a distant, make a, a, a change, while we're doing some of the things I think that are appropriate, who's global uh, response to what's going on. But then there's what's happening on the day to day, getting up every day, and who's playing that position to move it the needle. And I've always seen U.S. one who uh, is not surprised by what we're seeing today because I know that's really a part of your heart and you understand it. But you've always been somebody who's been activated to change it, and you've always. Yeah. Like, you know, um, in all the work that you've done. And, you know, I, I did want to highlight that um, and, and really kind of wish you well and continue that journey um, uh, uh, in, in the space that you're doing. And, I, and it was important for me to bring you up along with people like Scotty Rogers, who are in positions that we don't ever think about and visualize that folks who look like you are in those positions doing that kind of work. Uh, you, know, you know, one of your alum, one of your brother Badgers, you know, like Troy Vincent, who is in a role that right. you're in. You know, those those roles are very important and influential. And 
have a way to also have an impact into the extent that we can support those roles I think are important. So I did want to make sure that we, uh, I, I brought that forward because I, I do think that's important for our listeners to understand and contextualize when they, when they think about the work that you do um, uh, uh, and, the, and the way that you're a trailblazer for the work that you do. Uh, because the way you think about this work um, and, and that you defining the work, the work's not being defined to you. That, that, that part has always amazed me about you that you find a way to define the work. <laughs> They'll give you a job description, but then <laughs> how, how it's going to work and how you're going to make it happen. And you've been amazing at being able uh, to do that. Um, and, and the final word, you know, uh, you, you know, if you were to think about, you know, where you want to be and how you what kind of impact you want to make over time, like what's, what's, what's that moment? What's that, you know, not, and Bears, Bears administration, we ain't talking about you leaving. We talking about, <laughs> you know, you know, what is that, you know, what does the future look like? What are some of the impacts that you love to be able to make? You know, I think um, whenever my time here in, in Chicago is ever over, I would like to think that I helped um, the organization shift the culture. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we're a bad culture, we're an amazing culture, mm -hmm. but to change with the times that we are, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to say that um, when I leave this space that I created something that's gonna last long, uh, then I leave. Um, I will say to my people in Madison, you know, I, I had just got accepted into the PhD program before I left. You know, man, you talked a lot about that. I appreciate your recommendation letter. Uh, <laughs> I think that helped. We can get back uh, to that. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I think that's something that's still, um, still out, out there for me as, as a goal that I want to finish. I, I do want to be Dr. Campbell one day, um, whenever that day happens. Um, and I think I'm an agent for change. You know, I think I want to become, I want to create a tree. You ask me what I want to do. I want to create a tree. You know, coaches have trees. You know, Mike Holmgren has a great coaching tree. You know, Andy Reid has a great coaching tree. You know, all these great coaches, you know, Bill, I mean, Bill Watt, all those guys learn from, uh, I want to build, I want to build a professional tree. So I want to grow young men and women. I want to send them out to the world so they can plant seeds and they can grow somebody else. So when you look at my tree, you can say, oh, this person went on to be a CEO. This person went on to be uh, a senator. This person went on to be the president of a company. Like, that's what, that's my legacy. Like, my goal is to be a tree, a redwood that will sprout many saps and continue to pollinate the world. And that's really my goal is to continue to create and, and help people maximize their potential and move forward. And right now, I get a chance to do that with all my players. You know, I, 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 I wait for the day when one of my players gets that gold jacket and can't, right? And even if I only had him for a short amount of time, you know, I want to know that I poured something into him, that I helped him get there, that I helped him get through some things to be able to be enshrined in Canton, uh, in Canton forever. Um, and that's part of my tree as well. So I, I take that seriously. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about. And you can cut me down when I'm old and young, but my but my trees will still be growing. The people that mm -hmm. I helped raise will still be growing. The people that I helped out along the way will still be growing. And that way, you know, my legacy never dies because everyone's paying it forward. And before you know, I have a forest of people that are doing amazing things in the world. Well, that's what we, we appreciate. Uh, Lamar Sue Campbell, Director of Player Engagement for the Chicago Bears. And, you know, my friend, uh, it's great. Can to I say one more thing real quick yeah. for all the listeners? Um, I want to thank you 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking about mentors today and you're one of my mentors and I, I, I appreciate everything you've in, implanted in me in my time in Madison and, and, and made me think about, cause you gave me some really tough things to think about. You really challenged my mind. You really challenged my thinking. And now I'm fortunate enough to have, uh, I call it my uh, wise men, right? You're one of my wise men. I have, I have a, I have a personal CEO board. I have a personal board of advisors and mentors that, and you notice I don't make many decisions without calling you or, or talking it through. And, I, and I, I call you guys. And so I encourage everyone out there that's listening to this to, to find your own personal board of advisors, uh, people that have helped you grow. Um, because where I'm sitting at today, you and the rest of my advisory board have helped me get there. Um, and you're still helping me grow to this day. So I appreciate you for that. Man, uh, brother, you're going to make me cry. I ain't supposed to be crying. <laughs> we'll let everybody know we got emotions out here. This is how it works. Strategy over emotion, man. Strategy <laughs> over emotion-wise, man. Uh, oh, my goodness. You got me. Uh, Soup, where can people, if they want to follow up with you, where can, how can they reach you on social media, places that people want to continue to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely, man. Feel free to reach out to me at my uh, social media. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, it's Life After T Game. Uh, life after the game was taken, so I had to just shorten the V. So it's L-I-F-E-A-F-T-E-R-T-G-A-M-E uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. It's uh, Soup De Jour 39. Um, and, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you're looking for um, anything, you know, bear down, obviously. You know, I know you're in, I know you're in Wisconsin, so I know the Packer fans may – Throw some mean stuff at my Twitter and uh <laughs> and Instagram, but that's yeah, okay. Chicago Bears on my on my <laughs> hey, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, but no man, always here for your listeners. And you know, I think my student athletes and my players know I'm always here to help if I can. Um, and like I told my guys, if you have an idea, people will listen. If you have a plan, people will help. So always have a plan and let people know where you want to go in your future. You'll be surprised how many doors can open up for you. Thank you, brother. Uh, way to be here. Uh, it's been good to have you on RSG Live at the Lounge. Uh, Lamar Sue Campbell, Director of Player Engagement, Chicago Bears. Uh, this is how we do it. Uh, until next time, this is your man, Devon Wilson, on Real Sports Guys. Appreciate you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.